Hey, Bryce, you home? Yeah, let me just turn on this light. Oh, Bryce, there you are. What are you up to? I've seen things. I've seen way too many things. I've been on one hashtag for the past week. I've seen things you think you'd never see. I don't know how I'm going to recover from this. My brain has a tormented hole in it. I don't know how to fill it. Oh, Bowsette, I've been looking at that all weekend. Great stuff. Great. <laughs> or tormenting. <laughs> I don't know anymore. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, episode 65. And we are the Nintendo Podcast, a part of the 8-Bit Collective. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me is my dim sim of a best friend, Bryce DeWitt. Dim sim! Here we go. Dim sim. I fucking love it. I love dim sims, mate. (laughs) So being one is an absolute pleasure. Uh, Are are you fried or are you steamed? Steamed. You're a steamed dim sim? Steamed dim sims are better. Steamed dim sims are better. I can... You never really get them. If they're ever in a service station or somewhere they're always fried they're always fried yeah. but steamed is better True. steamed is 100% better I can vouch for this what do you have it like with soy sauce or yeah soy or whatever if I can want to put on them really I, I just I just think <laughs> I just think that I just think that they're genuinely better and they're not greasy and they're kind of just like a nice snack yeah no fair enough um Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, this week on the show, we're going to be talking a bit about that Bowsette fan fiction, fan art that's getting around. Because everybody on the internet should be exploiting that, right? <laughs> uh, we've got impressions of Mega Man 11, as well as uh, PlayStation has finally uplifted their uh, stance on cross-play on Fortnite, which we'll get into. But first, Bryce, you've been playing a bit of Dragon Ball Fighter Z on Switch. You've just picked it up. Yep. Uh, so... I, uh, long story short, I got rid of some Switch games today, games that I'm not playing. That's the first time I've ever been like, I'm getting rid of a Switch game. I got a good return on it, surprisingly, Mm. from EB Games Trade-Ins. It was like what I was looking for anyway. It was like $35 a game or something. So that's that's good. That's like $100 in EB Games uh, currency as well. (laughs) Yeah, well... (laughs) You know, so uh, I I picked up a game that I, I'd held off on every other platform initially for, and that was uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, and that's because I think that uh, the developers that made it, who have made Blaz Blue and stuff before, which is Ark, um, they've always done a very good job with their portable ports, and mm-hmm. that includes uh, Blaz Blue. I think it was Calamity Trigger on the 3DS. Yep. I thought it was brilliant there. And um, I was like, yeah, no, I'm waiting for this on handheld because it'll be like the greatest thing ever. And um, was it the greatest thing ever? It's been f- pretty fucking good so far. I didn't actually crack it open until I come over here and played it. Runs like butter, runs no different to any other console, and you can take it anywhere with you, and it's fantastic. Um, I was excited for that game on launch as it was, and I really wanted to pick it up, but I held my, held my guns and waited for it to come out and switch and... You know what? It's going to be worth it. I um, I enjoy fighting games as a whole. It's taken it's taken me a long time to sort of come to that realization because I wasn't really a big fan of um, the original Street Fighters or anything like that. Yeah, but I've found appreciation in them, in them as time has gone on. And yeah. you really like these like Blaze Blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Arc System games. Yeah, Arc System works make really good fighting games. Like whether you want to be like 
really technical professional or whether you want to get into them and just ha- like have a very basic system going on. Um, their Blaz Blue line is generally the more technically difficult, but um, any spin-offs that they do, like Blaz Blue Cross Tag Battle, or um, they did work on Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Um, they they typically hold a very easy to grasp fighting system. So if you're not really if you're not really attuned to something like Blaz Blue, the spin-offs make it easier to approach. And the reason they do that is because people from those fandoms buy those games. So they use a simpler system to sort of drag it into it. And you know what? The the game's pretty neat. Um, the art style is great. And just the fighting system, like playing it in general, is fantastic. And, you know, I, I can't really say anything bad about the game. And I've yeah. been waiting for it for long enough. So yeah. you're, you're a big Dragon Ball Z fan. What do you think of this, the half an hour of the story you've played so far? Yeah, well, it's... the the. Th- the good thing about Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball fighting games in general is most of them don't have a bad reception in any like uh, deficit or whatever whatever the word is. Don't don't correct me on that. <laughs> I, I, I can't think of it. Um, but like the story modes, the the like the verses in general, like two player verses, whatever, they're all generally pretty well put together. Um, this this one was very much curated by Toriyama. Which means that um, the story flows in a way that he would. Just make who, who the is Toriyama for our non-Dragon Ball Z people? Well, if it's if it's any if it, if it's any obvious consolation, it's this person that does all the writing and stuff like that for Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Apologies. Um, it was uh, it was curated by him. He did the work on that. He created an original character for the game. And it follows like a typical Dragon Ball story, which is great. Um, I'm not. You say I'm a big fan of it. I'm. I'm probably not. I'm not the highest of tiers, but Dragon Ball is something I've grown up with, and uh, it's something I can appreciate as it's one of the biggest animes ever to exist. Um, and so, I've always sort of kept up with it ever since Dragon Ball started into Dragon Ball Z, and then onwards and we don't talk about Dragon Ball GT at all <laughs> um, because Toriyama didn't even touch that. Um, so it's it's a story set between uh, the same years of the end of Dragon Ball Z and the start of what is supposed to be GT. Um, it's within that time slot, so the same time, splo- uh, time, t- uh, time slot <laughs> as where Dragon Ball Super is, so... It sort of fits nicely. It's just more Dragon Ball Super for your palate. Like, if you're really into Dragon Ball and you've been watching Dragon Ball Super, um, then it's just more to your palate for that. And, you know, I've like I said, I brought the game around here. I hadn't touched it because I just bought it today and we sat down on the couch, played a little bit of it, and I think it runs like butter in the story. Mm. The story's got places to go and I'm interested to keep playing, yeah. which, is, which is worth, you know, worth the money. Yeah. Even when it initially first came out, I looked at it. This actually looks like fun. I'm not into Dragon Ball. I'll... I I've enjoyed what I've watched, but I've never really gotten into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks it looks like a lot of fun. I I quite enjoyed Blaze Blue. Uh, I got it on PS Vita. Uh, like, that was probably Calamity Trigger. Calamity Trigger it was yeah. Uh, that came out near launch of the Vita, and I really enjoyed that. Um, I remember just getting stuck into corners, and they just beat the crap out of you. I'm like, <laughs> I've got no idea how to get out of this predicament. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a few frustrating things like that. But. So as somebody that's played Calamity Trigger then, and then played played the little bit of Dragon Ball Fighter Z today, yeah, yeah. How, how much how much simpler does it feel? 
like to just pull off normal combos. I mean, and stuff I was like just that. like hitting A, hitting hitting B, hitting Y. But hit. it was comboing, right? Yeah, I'm like, I'm technically comboing, but I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, but it looks good on the screen. <laughs> yeah, well, but something like that in Blaz Blue is much harder to. Oh yeah. Yeah, because you they gotta, make... You, like, the characters are so different in that game, too. You sit down, you've got to, like, work out what their little yeah. oddities are. Yeah. Well, Blazblue Blue is seriously intense on, like, how you perform combos and how you can keep, like, continue your juggles and stuff like that. Um, it's very much input-based, whereas uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z it has inputs to do, to do specific things, but it doesn't overcomplicate them. Like what Blazblue does. When you pick a character in Blazblue, you learn that character in and out, and that's the character you'll play most of the time. In Dragon Ball Fighter Z, it's got a very generalized move set, so things are a little bit different depending on who you play, but they're not so different that you can't just pick up a character and sort of learn those little bit of extras that make that character better. Mm, yeah. So, um, you know, Dragon Ball Fighter Z going forward, I'm looking forward to playing the shit out of that, and I'd absolutely love to. So that's fine by me. Um, it's it's holding price. Just about every store except EB Games is $80, so it's actually on par with the first-party titles, but for some reason, EB Games is 90 mm, It's 90 on the eShop as well, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, but if you go price match that, <laughs> you get the 10 bucks off anyway. So mm. the holding price for that game is 80 bucks on literally every other store, which is fine, you know? Knowing that it's on par with uh, first-party titles, that makes me pretty happy. Yeah, I think, I think $80 Australian is where you know, the Switch games should be. Yeah, ninety yeah. dollars is pushing it, but but ninety, I, 90 to one hundred dollars. Yeah, is I I, un, I I understand the margins between first party and third party are different, so f- third party have to ch- charge more. Yeah, for to sure, make it worth yeah. it for them. But yeah, but at the same time, you know, ninety dollars is a lot to fork out for us. Oh yeah, yeah, it's too much. <laughs> well, we, you know, it wasn't that long ago we were still paying like a full one hundred, and then you know, even day one yeah. specials they weren't happening half as well as they ha- yeah. have been nowadays. I mean, it's really good for that now. Just like, yeah. Yeah, encourage sure. you to get in there straight away and get it for a bit cheaper. But I remember getting Twilight Princess for a hundred bucks when I was, how old was I? Twelve? Yeah, or something. Yeah, a hundred dollars back then. Let let alone inflation and all that. Let alone being younger and you know not working and not having money. Yeah, that was a huge amount. But at least that was a great game. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas these days you can you can you know stumble on something that isn't so good for a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um. But, again, you pay for quality. Uh, so far, it's been worth my money, and I can't wait to play more. Something to tie me to Smash Bros, which is great. Um, uh, yeah, you don't have to sigh, sh- mate. Don't 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 talk about Smash. <laughs> you don't have to sigh. But it, it is, it is though. Like, it, it's just, it's something that I can learn to sort of get my reactions back up and stuff like that before I start playing Smash Bros again, which is perfect, perfect. Um... So yeah, so far I'll I'll keep I'll keep at it and I'll keep playing and you know if anybody's playing Dragon Ball Fighters, he let me know and I'll pay for my online service, which I haven't nah. done yet to play. Um, yeah, I had I actually I've I had the trial and it lapsed. I'm like, mm. oh well, I'll I'll pay for it when I feel like it. I don't feel like. What paying. did you do with the trial in that time? Like I can't say I did anything. No, I didn't do anything either. I might have played a bit of Splatoon and tried the SNES games. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty much wasted it. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate, really, uh, because just looking at it, and you're just like, "Oh, I want to jump on a play and play Splatoon," which was the greatest thing about, you know, having the Switch like that. Yeah, um, it would have been like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." Um, but now, like, I'm probably not going to be able to play anything online until post packs. 
which sucks. Yeah, well, what you gonna do? <laughs> well, we should we should chip in. We should get a family account. Family account, do that. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to fifteen bucks each. Yeah, it's thirty five Australian for it. So well, yeah, seventeen bucks each. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, seventeen fifty. <laughs> probably should do that. Probably should. You know what? It's probably not a bad idea. But the other question is: is is there restrictions on it on who's playing at the same time or anything? Um, like don't think so. But okay, yeah, there's more. restrictions if you're sharing games and all that type of thing. So, all right, we'll, we'll do we'll we'll do that eventually. If there's any listeners, because <laughs> we'll have five slots left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So to say thanks for listening to the podcast, and if you don't have um, the online switch get, service, the switch service yet, um, you can just well, jump on our list. <laughs> you can jump on our list if you were uh, when we sort it out. Yeah, <laughs> when we feel like spending seventeen bucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I guess keep an ear out for that. We're you know, we'll buy it eventually. It's obvious that we're going to. It'll be so. in the Discord, I dare say, when we... Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. probably the easiest place to communicate that, yeah. Mm-hmm, 100%. So, if you're in the Discord, or if you're not in the Discord, then you should probably join it, just in case, like, we do a raffle or something like that, and we have enough people. <laughs> a raffle. A raffle. <laughs> um, yeah, if you're not if you're not part of the online service, then we'll shout you a slot. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah, that, that's decided right here, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> then you get, you get free online for a year. You don't have to pay your... <laughs> pay you 35 bucks there you go mm. so I haven't been playing anything on Switch I've been flat out you monster I mean, I've been flat out this week not playing any video games at all like literally at all um, but I uh, I found a video half an hour of uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee by Nintendo UK yep I don't know what trade show they'll like they were showing it somewhere and I was just watching it I'm like like whenever I sit down and actually watch footage from either Pokemon or Smash Bros, I'm like it just brings the hype back up. I'm trying to really, com- <laughs> I'm trying to really compress it because it's still there's still like a, a long way away. It is, yeah, yeah. But I'm just watching it. I'm like, oh, just with all like the the way the Pokemon are animated and everything it looks so good. It does. It does. I, I, I know it's I know it's got um not exactly what we're uh, earning for right now necessarily, but mm-hmm. man, really want that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um. So you haven't played anything Switch? Have you played anything anything else? No, no. no. Boy, you no. have to play some things. That's what happens when uh <laughs> you get busy. Yeah, that's true. It's only it's the only day I've had off this week, so Yeah, true. I went for a walk and I went in I went to the pub, got a chicken schnitzel. A chicken schnitzel? I did, yeah. Boy. It was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, to end off the segment then, I just want to put a special special push out there for Undertale as well, which also came out last week. Oh, yeah, yep. Made mention of that in the Discord. I played that for... I've finished that game several times now, but you know what? Support Supporting Toby on Switch, that's fine by me. Toby's a, Toby's a great developer, good guy all around, and you know the, the couple of people that worked on that game were fantastic, and it's definitely a fantastic RPG if you haven't played it. And even for 25 bucks, I'd pay 50 bucks for that game. It's a very short game. Why but didn't you then? You could replay it over and over. <laughs> you, you, you could have got the special edition. I don't. I don't want to buy. I, I, okay, I don't want to drop that much money on it. Okay. That's a lot of money for Undertale. Undertale's ten bucks on Steam, yeah. but on Switch, on Switch, it's great on Switch because mm. that's like that's somewhere it can belong. You yeah, know, definitely. Yeah, the game inspired by Earthbound and Earthbound's quirks. So. You got to give it to that much. If you're uh, if you're a fan of Earthbound, then you're gonna love that game because the creator was an avid Earthbound fan. Yeah. Um, it's in my opinion, it's definitely worth the twenty six bucks. You can. There's multiple endings to it, and most of them are pretty drastically different. 
So, you know, it's worth it's worth giving it a crack and going in, maybe playing it a couple of times. It's about 10 hours a run, roughly, if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, it's a short enough game, but you can go back and replay it and get different yeah. outcomes and, yeah. Different different outcomes, different fights, different, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a game that very much makes you question what you what you choose to do yeah uh it questions your morality and stuff like that which is a really cool way to go about a game and like if you build enough of a connection with the characters then you will either feel good about what you're doing or horrible about what you're doing and it's it's good overall the game has had a continued fandom ever since nearly four years old now i think Mm. um that game has had like such a insane insane fan following um throughout the years and it's still existent today some of it fantastic some of it questionable (laughs) um but it's it's a fantastic game and it's out now on switch and you know what if you feel like playing an rpg with a bit of a twist then play undertale because i know that i know i'm enjoying it again yeah i really like the approach that it's short but it's just full of so much personality and also yeah like different different branches of what you decide to do yeah instead of like they could have just made it like your average like game like play through it maybe 25 hours or something but I really mm-hmm. like how it's condensed it is yeah yeah. and even though that it's condensed I still haven't finished it <laughs> yeah and well look even if you the thing is it's like it's something you can put down if you want to but if you want to make more of a connection you do want to put like the hours into it obviously but it's just it's one of those games that like if you pick up and you talk to an NPC they'll say something weird and quirky and yeah. you're just like that's weird <laughs> but <laughs> cool and then like you get your main characters and stuff like that they all have they all have their own little stories going on and stuff like that and um you know they you you get your you get your puns master sans out and sans is going to drop a drop a pun that makes everybody grasp their head in their hands and wonder why they're playing this game but you know um that's just that's just the beauty of undertale there's just so much there's so much charm to that game and like I, i can't praise it more i'm glad it's out on switch um and it's worth it's worth the money whether you pay for it on Steam or whether you're buying it on Switch or oh they're buying it on Switch, bros. This is this is the house scenario. <laughs> you're buying the game on Switch. <laughs> Do it now. So I've already got it. Though. No, <laughs> well it, it's just bite size enough, and because of the sleep, like obvious sleeps feature of the Switch, that like you can put it down. You're not you're not hard pressed to keep playing if you need to if you need to put it to sleep and come back to it in a couple of hours. You can. You know, it's a very, it's a very basic RPG with its own twist, and you know, RPGs are really good for the system in that regard because they're easy, very much put up, like pick up, put down type of games. Yeah. So you know, there's no, there doesn't have to be any grinding involved. You can just do whatever. Grinding is not the main portion of the game because you can avoid attacks like manually and Yeah, it's a really like interesting battle system that Yeah, it's great. It's hundred percent unique. It mix yeah. it mixes bullet hell with RPG. And yeah. like the bullet hell is it's a little daunting at first, but you get used to it. Yeah, and it's like it's not yeah. it's not Toho levels of- Each each battle has its different mechanic which is like really interesting yeah. and fun to work out once you get to like a new boss. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, what's this about? Like you're either dodging this or you're trying to hit that or yeah yeah it's like the first the first the first five minutes of the game uh well five minutes of the game a little bit more than that maybe the first 30 minutes of the game quick spoiler uh <gasps> don't spoil it they might not it's, four, it's yet. four years it's four years yeah well it's just come out on switch that's fine but um <laughs> it's fine but but be prepared for blue attack 
That's 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 all you're gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Be prepared for blue attack. No, that's not really a spoiler. What you're gonna do? Like some big story. No, 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 drop. no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not gonna go that far. No. Yeah. Um, just be prepared for blue attack because that'll catch you off guard. Mm. Anyway, all right. Um, so next up, guys, we've uh, actually got Jono Peck. He's a uh, reviewed Mega Man 11 for 8bit.net so what a boy right now we'll chuck it to me and Jono Peck uh, Jono Peck welcome to the house of Mario oh thank you Drew it's nice to be here in this red room <laughs> it's very red uh, nice blue carpet as well yeah <laughs> uh, I've got you on the show to talk a little bit about Mega Man 11 you're, you're doing the review for 8bit.net yes which should be out now it's up on the YouTube we are 8-bit, so check that out. It's, uh, it's a really good game, Drew. I don't it know if that's awesome a surprise or not, but I loved this game. Do you have any specific questions, or do you just want me to rant for a while? Um, I've just played the demo, so I was just wondering mm. uh, a little bit, bit about sort of the new mechanics and uh, like the, just the general platforming and the changes from, say, this compared to Mega Man 10, which came out 2007 or six. Uh, 2010, I think. Was it 10 even? It yet? was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess the uh, first thing that strikes me as, as a big change from those games, which had that regressive NES style, is this, you know, the visual design. It's really beautiful to me. Some people probably won't like the advancement there. To, it actually feels like a PS4 game or a Switch game or whatever you're playing on. I played it on PS4, but we're here on the House of Mario, so I better mention the Switch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like it feels like a modern game, but it still feels like a Mega Man game, which is something that I really liked about it because uh, it obviously controls so similar to those those uh, classic games. And yeah, it, it does have a bit of a gameplay tweak with the, uh, the double gear system, which will either let you have a, a more powerful attack or a slowdown hmm. effect. And that's, I think that adds enough of a wrinkle to what we're used to to make it, again, feel more modern. And I think that's really important because, you you know, we've had nine or even more of these games if you include Mega Man X and Legends or whatever else has come in between. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that they, they made a good decision to put something in there like that because, you know, th- there will be some purists that say... You know, it, it's uh, it's not cricket or whatever. It's <laughs> but not it's, cricket. It's uh, it's tweaked it to it's tweaked to the the, the classic formula too much. But I think uh, you, you need something there for people to say, well, I've done this before. Like, what's different this time around? And I think that's what they've they've managed to do with that. And as as far as the platforming that you mentioned, I think this is one of the harder Mega Man games I've played because of the platforming. There's some really frustrating sections where uh like in the demo level with uh with block man you have to navigate a space on the screen within a certain amount of time or something yeah. will kill you and that was probably the hardest part of that level for me and that similar kind of thing where whether it's weather effects or something environmental attacking you in in the level like those are the most challenging parts um once you figure out you know how the enemies behave and which weapons are effective to use in which situations so there's not really anything you can do in those instances but get good or you know maybe you can use that slow down effect to make it a little bit easier but that will run out eventually so yeah i think that uh it it provides enough of a challenge and i was playing on normal mode there's a newcomer mode which is new for people who are new to the series obviously and and that takes away things that are like instant death like the spikes and the the pits and 
reduced damage from from enemies so i think yeah. that even if you've never played a mega man game there's something here for people to to get out of it yeah so the, there's a there's a lot there's there was like was it three or five like le- difficulty levels there was a fair few uh yeah so there's there's newcomer casual normal and then i think uh what's it called so there's there's one after that it's called superstar it or, something. or something like that yeah, the the hardest one's called Superstar difficulty. So if okay. you really if you really think you're good, <laughs> I, didn't, I haven't even tried that one because it's just gonna be brutal. I know, and I, it's it's got. Yeah, I was just gonna say like it is a hard game. Like in terms of the punishing effects of those that tradition, you know, with with Mega Man games, but they have kind of given it to you with like a velvet hammer. There's like a, they've softened the blow. Like Mega Man 10, there's like a shop where you can buy upgrades and power-ups that make things a little bit easier. So you can, for example, buy extra lives. So you're going into a stage with nine lives instead of three eventually or with a full kit of E-tanks that will replenish your health and your weapons. So if you want to use those, they're there, but you don't have to use them. So it's as challenging as you want the game to be. And I guess that's kind of... uh, like people have always played Mega Man that way where, you know, they're going to play through with no E-tanks or they're just going to use the Mega Blaster for the whole game. They're not going to use any of the weapons. And I, I think it kind of continues that tradition of giving people an easy way to play it where, you know, you know what the boss's weaknesses are hmm. and that makes it a bit easier or just playing through blind and or using one weapon the whole time. So I think uh, in that sense it's got a really wide spectrum of difficulty depending on how you want to play it. Yeah, and that's great too considering like the rest of the series you're either <laughs> you're either playing on the on the uh, difficulty the developers want you to or you're just mm. <laughs> going to keep dying and dying to eventually get there. Yeah. Uh just just going back to those like special abilities. I I never really got to tinker around with them that much because I I only sort of played the demo a little bit and yeah. I also didn't necessarily knew or know the like specific instances when you should be using those abilities. Mm. Um, throughout the game, does it sort of let you know a bit, or do you sort of just have to work it out yourself? Yeah, it's kind of just what suits you, really. Like, it for me, it made sense to slow down time if there was uh, a tricky platforming section or an enemy that would attack you as you walk underneath them or something and you wanted to just get through without getting hit so you could slow down time and then go through before they get a chance to get you. Mm. Or if there's a more powerful enemy, you can slow down time and shoot them like 20 times and before you run out of the effect and then they're gone before they uh, get a chance to get you. So that's that one I found more useful just to slow down time because it gives you just a bit of breathing yeah. space. Whereas the uh, the... The power up, the other one is more like if you combine that with the special weapons that you get from beating the robot masters, it will like say Blockman, he has a, a power where he drops a four three or four blocks on an enemy. So they just fall from above, which is really handy if there's an enemy above you. Hmm. And if you are using that um, power up, it will drop like 10 blocks instead of three. And it will cover a lot more of the screen, so it just kind of hypes up. It it like upgrades your attack for that period of time that you've got it enabled. Hmm. So, is does this compare to some of your favorite Mega Man games? 
I think it does because, like I said this in my re- review, like I've played, uh, I've beaten eight Mega Man games in the last two years, mostly in the original Legacy Collection and then Mega Man uh, Legacy X, if you include those as well. Mm-hmm. So that I really enjoyed all of them, but because of this one's visual design and those tweaks it just it stands out in my memory more so even though you know it might not technically be as good as those games i'm gonna remember it because it feels so different and it feels like i said like a ps4 game or a switch game or an xbox game it doesn't feel like you're playing an emulated rom or something on on your modern console yeah a lot of people were disappointed with the art style but like to your point it does really distinguish it from the Mm. other 10 Mega Man games because they all look like almost identical yeah and like the art style like i don't really understand the criticism aside from maybe it's not what they're used to because it looks really good like i don't understand like all the enemies are hand drawn and and look really cool and the lighting effects are really great and the backgrounds are always interesting like it's never just some boring like you know blue screen or a, a generic wall like there's often something happening back there or it it kind of fills in the world a little bit and kind of points towards the boss that you're about to face and i think that's cool like Mm. there's a bit more environmental world building because of the enhanced you know the enhanced graphics are able to just say more i think yeah just yeah what i noticed just when i first played the demo as well just it's so bright and vibrant, but when you press the jump button, it feels like Mega Man immediately. Like they really captured yeah. the feeling of the game, which is awesome. Mm. Yeah. And that's one of the great things about uh, this is I, I really hope, and I said this in my review, that it encourages some people to, you know, pick this up because it looks like a fun new game, but it encourages them to go back and play some of the old ones because they're so accessible being in the legacy collections now. You can get, you know, six games for 30 bucks or whatever it is. So, yeah, I think that even though those games are probably a lot harder, they do have some kind of ways you can kind of cheat and save the game halfway through a level and that kind of thing. (laughs) So, they're not completely inaccessible. And I think that because the the gameplay loop is essentially identical, you know, you have eight bosses that you can choose to fight in any order. And once you beat them, you get the paper, rock, scissors style advantage over another boss. I think that that can be pretty addictive and there's a reason that it's lasted 30 years like this is the 31st year since the original Mega Man and people still love these games because they just nail gameplay they just nail that that feeling of going through a level and figuring out the enemy types and figuring out the platforming and figuring out how to beat the boss because every boss has you know and they always have had a unique way to uh, attack you and that was that's something that's really impressive as you go back and see like it's not just generic boss has a different type of weapon they actually mm. move around the screen differently there's a different way to uh make use or to to capitalize on the way that they engage with you to to find their weakness and that's something that i think p- people really enjoy and like reviewing this game was the first time i played a mega man without knowing the boss order because there's usually okay, like a, yeah. a way to a way to play if you don't want to do trial and error you, you know which bosses are powerful against other ones so i just had to kind of guess and, and figure it out as i go and that's uh that presented a unique challenge 
Yeah, and that's all part of the fun too. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of took me back to being a kid and not being able to just Google like what, like you know, who's the who's strong against like Flame Man or whatever. Like you have to just figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I I know this isn't a PlayStation podcast, but I do have to ask you: Are you going for the platinum trophy if you haven't gotten it already? <laughs> no, it looks way too hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the. I mentioned that I, I like to mention trophies when I can in my reviews because not many people do that. But there's a great trophy list, and it's one where it's not just like beat the game and then you know do all these challenge maps. There's it will actually reward you for the way you play. Oh, and right. uh, but the, man, there's some that are like finish without dying or without getting a game over screen or without using any um, e tanks and that kind of thing. Where uh, or even just finishing on the the super superhero superstar difficulty i'm just like yeah i'll i'll leave this to the the savants of the world when it comes to mega man i'm i'm pretty new to the franchise i've just kind of fallen in love with it since shovel knight came along uh so i think (laughs) yeah it's one that mm, maybe one day i'll come back to but probably not yeah, that's okay anyway. Us guys on Switch don't have to worry about that because yeah. we don't have an achievement system. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. uh, so um, they can find the review on uh, We Are 8-Bit on YouTube. That's right. And uh, of course, Jono, where can they find your podcast, Putting In Work? Yeah, so you can find Putting In Work uh, on at 8bit.net as well. We've got all of the great 8-Bit Collective podcasts there, but it's also on iTunes, Spotify, uh all the all the good ones, all the good podcast <laughs> services, uh, so, uh, except SoundCloud. Uh, yeah, so putting in work and just had Scott Lowe from Naughty Dog on there, so that was a, a really uh, great chat with him. And another developer this week, actually Ash from SMG Studios, who oh, made Death, Death, Death Squared. Yep, a great Australian company there. So some of the, your Switch uh, listeners may be fans of that game. We talk a bit about how it's had a, a great lot of success since hitting the switch so yeah keep that coming yeah death squared was a favorite of mine last year so mm. i'm looking forward to listening to that cool all right Jono, we'll catch you later thanks man and it'll be good to catch up at pax and anyone yes. else that's listening to this i'm so keen for pax yeah bring it on and we're back <laughs> <laughs> nice segue bros very nice it was a brilliant segue uh that was like 25 seconds of silence to me going and we're back Yep, you were back. Yeah. Thank, thank you very you. much for coming on the show, Jono. Yeah, it was, it was, I was surprised to hear that uh, I'd be coming in and that 15 minutes of my voice would be replaced. Damn you, Jono. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding, man. I love you. Thank you for coming on. Uh, speaking of darn you, later this week, uh, later last week, more or less, um, PlayStation come out and they've reversed their stance on cross-platform play on for Fortnite um, mm-hmm. specifically. So you had a big whinge about this at E3, rightfully so. Fucking massive whinge, yes. What, rightfully so. I was not happy about it. Even PlayStation players who just played on PlayStation, you know, they kind of scratched their heads going, okay, so we can't play with other people? Okay. <laughs> yeah. But they've reversed the stance. They're, they're, um, Epic are working to merge accounts now. So your account, your old account, your new account can be merged together. Um and you, and you went to the point to saying you didn't want to support PlayStation, you didn't want to buy first-party games, nope. etc. Has this changed anything now they've come to the party? Not quite. Not quite. Elaborate. 
Okay. All right. I'll say I'll say fifteen percent out of the hundred percent has been redeemed. Fifteen. Only fifteen. Oh, yeah. Oh. The only reason this is is because, um, yes, I may be able to use that account now, unified and whatever. It's got rare items and shit attached to it, and it's got Save the World attached to it. So, if Save the World ever comes to Switch, then I can use that account. Mm-hmm. That's great. But it still took them enough time for me to be like, fuck it. I want a fucking unified account. Mm, so the damage has been done. The damage has been done. Oh, I've God. already paid and done a new account up. You know? I, the I only know. thing I haven't done on this new account is bought Save the World. That's the only thing I haven't done. But I've bought season passes. I've leveled up season passes. Got all the cosmetics and all that stuff. Mm. It's it's The damage has been done. You know, if they if they had uh, like fixed this within the first two weeks, fine. But they continued to push the message of PlayStation's the best place to play, which was their excuse up until the end. Yeah. Well, they, well no, th- their initial excuse was we're protecting our children, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Uh, they had some wacky responses. Just. <sighs> And then it came down to the literal, like, we were on Dash Culture, and if you listen to the ga- Dash... The Gash Culture. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the Dash Culture episode. <laughs> if you if you listen to that... <laughs> we'd gotten two weeks before we recorded that episode, PlayStation put out some bullshit response, like, PlayStation's the best place to play. And that's why we're still not doing it. Mm. And that's bullshit. I... Any any console, it doesn't matter whether it's a fuck. It doesn't matter if it's a PC. It doesn't matter if an Xbox. It doesn't matter if it's a Switch or whatever. There's always going to be a multiplayer community attached to it, and people who are going to play with the community that they prefer to play with. Yeah, play saying PlayStation's the best place to play is not going to make anybody run out and buy a PlayStation. No, your ignored response on it is going to stop people from buying your console. Yeah, well, it did the complete opposite. A lot of people just like even um even big PlayStation. Uh, fans like you know Greg Miller, yeah, who, Greg Miller, who's got a huge voice in the industry. He said, "All right, I'm playing it elsewhere," and he went. He's playing it on Xbox and Switch. Yeah, so, exactly. Like something like this will fix it for him. He's like, "All right, you you won't take away my account. I'll start playing on Switch and PlayStation." But for people like you, obviously, well, the damage has been done. It's been done. <laughs> I'm not spending a shit ton of hours on Fortnite just so that I can't play it on my Switch. You know, I spent money on it, I spent whatever, and then I'm just like, well, I want to play on my Switch from time to time. Mm. So, guess I'm making a new account, and then I did all the battle passes, and I bought some cosmetics and all that shit, and done that, because, you know, Fortnite's okay to chuck some money on every now and then, and just do that kind of thing. Oh, well, so you're not part of the PlayStation Nation, that's alright, we don't have to worry about it out here, but Season 6 of Fortnite has come out, you have had a bit of time of it, I haven't played it at all, mm-hmm. but I've heard there's dogs and pets in there, so yes, t- tell me a bit about this. Okay, so uh, I I had stopped playing for a majority of last season because I wasn't too happy with the battle pass. I hate to say it, uh, Fortnite's fun, but without the battle pass, I don't think I'd continue playing it mm. because I'm actually working towards things and getting cosmetics and stuff like that, and that's satisfying. Yeah, see, I don't I don't like when I played just a little bit of it. I didn't actually mind just playing the game and. Yeah, getting it for free I didn't actually and that's fine but like when you've played it for some time and you're just like I still want to enjoy it but there's progression there's progression missing from the game yeah 
So that's where the battle pass comes in. You chuck 10 bucks on the battle pass and you go, hey, look, I'm making progress and getting stuff for it. And that's what's satisfying about it. Yeah, it's not a big ask either. Like no, a, no, it's oh, like 10 bucks, yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's great. And that's once every, uh, I think it's like 90 days or some shit. And you don't need the online pass for it. So no, that's, yeah, that's, you, that's don't need, you don't need the online thing to pay for it, you know. So um, last season was a bit disappointing. Stopped playing for a bit because it was just like, you know what, I'll just play next season. Um, I paid for the battle pass anyway. Got a couple of things from that. Just I stopped playing. Yeah, uh, picked it up this season. Uh, started playing it on PC, and <gasps> they um, changed the map up again, which they do every season, which is great because it adds more variety. Mm. They turn Loot Lake into a massive wormhole thing, where you can uh, jump into the center of Loot Lake and you go flying up until like where they had the mansion in the middle of Loot Lake. And you can soar up there and fight people up there and then jump down again and, like, soar through the air. Like, it's just cool. That's pretty um, neat, yeah. Um, so, that that was the massive map change for this season, which is smaller, th- smaller than last season. The map changed erratically last season. Um, but that small change has just added a new interest point. It makes Loot Lake less boring. I really like that, like, method they're doing, too, where, like, PUBG's like, oh, we've got a new map. It's kind of like... I know that map in PUBG was underwhelming, but just having two, both of them, <laughs> yeah, having two maps is kind of whatever. I really like how they're telling a story through this through an online service, which is always on, always evolving, always keeping people interested. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, changing the map whenever it comes up, that's it's fantastic. Mm. It's it's good. It's good the way that they've done it. Um, but as for the battle pass and the thing that you're mainly interested in, mm-hmm. um, dogs. <laughs> They added they added a new form of back bling into this into this season as well as also they added in like custom menu music and stuff like that. that back you can bling, what's and, back bling? Back bling is the equivalent of like say capes. Cool. So <laughs> cool. The back bling the back blings that they added under a new category is pets. Mm-hmm. So there was two two or three pets three pets I think introduced this season. Uh, a dog, a chameleon, and a Ooh. dragon. Oh really? Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Because <laughs> uh, we were talking about it in the Discord, and I was like, "Oh yeah," um, it was Luke saying, "Oh, I'm not into Fortnite." I'm like, "Oh, you know, you're not missing much, you know. It, it, it's it's Fortnite's fun. Fortnite, it's, it? it's fun, but you know, if you're not into that type of thing, don't worry about it." Yeah. And Meta came in saying, "Oh, there's pets in the new thing." I'm like, "Pets, sign me up!" <laughs> and I was like, "I want a dog." <laughs> yeah, you, you unlock your first one really quick too, and it it is the dog. So the pets react when you do specific things in Fortnite. So if you're falling out, if you're falling out of the battle bus and you're parachuting down or whatever, the dog like you've got you've got a backpack that supports them on your back, and that's where they sit. Oh, you like Banjo Kazooie? That's oh man. And then you fly down, you fly <laughs> down. The dog like partially falls out. He's hanging out by his front paws, paws, and he's like, "Woo!" <laughs> you're flying down, whatever. And then um, when when you when you're down, he keeps a lookout for you. He stands on top of the he stands on top of the pack and growls. Uh, when you're aiming down sight, he looks in the direction with you, and it, I don't know, it's just really cute. Um, it's it's a level of like instead of just like having, oh hey, look, I got a I got a jetpack, a fake jetpack on my back, or a cape or whatever. It like it just gives it more personality when you're running out doing yeah. stuff. They howl, howl when you put out treasure or whatever, like the dog does. I haven't gone that far enough to get anything else yet. Um, but I'd imagine they'd do something similar. The dog's really cute. You can get the dog in like six different flavors if you want it. Oh, dog flavors. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. It, it was it was a cute little cosmetic thing. The the skins this time round are fantastic. They're fantasy based. You've got um, 
Little Red Riding Hood uh, and the wolf as the final tier of skin. And you've got two evolving skins this time around <laughs> like you did last season. That's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Just like hearing, like hearing this, I'm like, maybe I should go back and play Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's a vampire skin chucked in there. There's a cowgirl skin which evolves and eventually comes out with the, like this this uh, full leather coat outfit that has glowing bits on it. Like the more XP you earn, the more changes to your outfit and all that mm. stuff. It's really neat. Yeah, it's really neat. So I'm um, I'm gonna give this a go. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, they got I'm, me. They got me pets. I'm much I'm much more interested in this season than I was last season. I still remember you telling me about Fable two years ago. Like you get a dog. I'm like. That is sick. <laughs> <laughs> that is sick. I love the idea of having a dog. They're just like just pets in games, man. It's just, it's just cool. Uh, yeah, it's just a just the companionship. Yeah, it just makes it so much better. But like they don't they don't do anything. Like if you miss an item, maybe you could call it a competitive advantage. If you're like, oh, hey, look, my dog howled because there's a rare item here. Apart from that, is it like mainly aesthetic? It's just- it's aesthetic. Can they give you a way? Like, like there's a sniper and you're like, oh, shh, mate. Like, no, I don't think the ambient sound effects for the pets are turned on for. I know, other yeah, I, I know, but say, say, say you're trying to sneak past a sniper, <laughs> and the sniper's like looking for you. Like, all right, Rover, s- stay the hell down. There's a sniper <laughs> up there. Then your dog just runs out into the field. So, like, yeah, then you get shot. Can that happen? Do you have to train your dog? Is you then the obedient dog or dragon or chameleon? Yeah. No, okay. No, they sit on your back at all times. On on your back. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're very. They're. It, it's purely aesthetic. It's purely aesthetic, but they're really cute. Mm. See, I, I'm I'm imagining them running around. I think that's my problem. Like like the wolf, the wolf amiibo in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I'm imagining that. You would no, not quite that far. Um, you would. It's it sounds it sounds really um it sounds really cool when you hear the word pets. But it's like they don't offer anything advantageous, but they have enough personality in them as just like a companion with you. Yeah, that they just make you like. I like having this dog. Like I, I turn back bling off all the time because I'm just like I don't, I don't care about having the friggin', the friggin' cape on or this bag full of lollipops you shouldn't have the cape on have you watched the Incredibles <laughs> yeah, don't you, you get sucked into the aeroplane <laughs> <laughs> well the dog gets sucked into the aeroplane oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> well you're not flying apart from, oh wait no you, yeah, you drop you out are. you drop out in the aeroplane yeah. oh no <laughs> <laughs> but you know put that aside and there, there was there was things introduced in Fortnite last season that made the game better like ATKs they're fun to they're fun to muck around with you like playing Mario Kart drifting and all that stuff that's fun and I don't know Fortnite's in a good position at the moment I like season 6 so far and you know those those pets those pets are nice they're nice like nice they're, pets yeah nice they're pets. an aesthetic change but like they're very companiony, and I like them I like companiony, mm-hmm. definitely uh, I don't know if you saw this Bryce but uh, Splatoon 2 um, from Nintendo Australia mm-hmm. Twitter account they said this is Skipper Pavilion it will be the last new last stage map, yeah. yeah added to Splatoon 2 so does that like we've still they said they're going to support this game for two years after launch uh, next year June will be the two year anniversary of Splatoon 2 mm-hmm. so does that mean that we're just going to be getting old stages from then out or? well I believe scrolling through my Twitter feed that is the suggestion that I saw by Meta 
Yeah, I did notice that minute too. He yep. said the last new stage uh, we may be getting more Splatoon one stages question mark. Mm-hmm. And then so, somebody somebody replied to him and said I wouldn't hold on to that. And you know what? I think that would be the case for me too. I wouldn't hold on to that. I think like Splatoon's got enough stages at this point that they're probably just like you know what they might bring back a classic stage. Yeah, there might be a couple more, but it doesn't particularly need any more. Like no, yeah, it's got, it's got plenty. I think what I at this stage would like them to have a three. Like each rotation had three stages rather than just the two. I just like them to not have a rotation at all and just have the cluster of them, and then just yeah. leave the rotation in competitive. Yeah, no, true. Because like, like with the two, I'm always getting the same one. It's always, or yeah. e- even if it's like one than the other, one than the other, it's still it gets very repetitive. If you're like, all right, I want to sit down and really get into and grind some levels or whatever. I do not yeah. mind the rotational format. I just don't think it's needed in basic quick play. Yeah, because. I would like to play a whole variety of maps, not just one or two. And if I'm just like, oh, you know what? I don't like this this ranked rotation mm. of these two stages. I don't like these two stages. Then I could just go on a quick play and play the entire playlist. I don't want to have to, you know, be stuck to the stages that I've got. Um, obviously, that's not going to change, but I hope that's something they consider for Splatoon 3. Um, because right now, we have a ton of maps. Like... Logistically, we have a fair few maps. Yeah, they've been adding them pretty like consistently since uh, last year. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know how much how many they have, but I feel like there's enough to make people happy. Like it enough. Like it. It it doesn't really feel like there's that many because you can't choose them. You can't look at them. No. So you kind of you, like every now like I'm only playing. I'm not playing every day, every week. I'm playing. You know, when I feel like every I'm, now and then. Yeah. Every now and then. So. I'm not super familiar with every stage, especially no, yeah. if it just doesn't happen to come up in my thing. Especially like um, Salmon Run. Salmon Run, when when it came out, really enjoyed it. But whenever I'm on, it's never available. No. Yeah. It's just really frustrating. That really needs to... With this online service, that needs to change. It won't change for, for Splatoon 2, but they're no. obviously going to be offering this in the future. It needs to change with the next, next iteration of Splatoon. Mm. No more of this locking content at certain times... No more of this, like, can't play this these maps at certain times at all because it's not the right time frame. Leave the quick play pay- playlist alone with all the maps and then put the ranked on rotational so people can do that that way. That's that's a fairer model for ranked players. It's not enjoyable for quick play mm. players. You think Splatoon, 2, oh no, uh, Splatoon 3 is something we're going to see maybe not next year, but the year after? Like, when, when these, when these uh, consistent updates stop, is Splatoon 3 going to be something we're going to be seeing? It's really hard to tell because it's, a, you know, it's in a position of, like, um, the game's only had... The, the, the series has only had two games. So yeah. it's, it's obviously not yearly, like Call of Duty or anything like that or uh, whatever, pushing forward. Um, but... You know, if there is a Splatoon 3, it's going to be coming out near the end of its life. Yeah, probably. I just feel like with the uh, online service, it's really showing some cracks of how this thing was put together. With like the, 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 um, the, the save files. They the... delayed it far too long. Yeah. I feel like Splatoon 3... It's the issue. Splatoon 3, it needs to like do these things. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, just like going, going on that, you know, it, it came out way too late. Yeah, the service, yeah. It's it's absolutely hurt one of their top their top multiplayer games. And that's that's unfortunate. Um 
I mean, I hope people continue, and people will, people continue playing Splatoon 2. People aren't going to stop playing Splatoon 2 because of it. Mm. Um, it's just, it's, it is upsetting, and I understand. And, uh, like, going going back to cloud saves and everything, like, while I'm an advocate of, like, I understand why they didn't do it, so I can't complain too much, um, at the same time, I understand where the hurt is, because this, this has obviously hurt the infrastructure of that game quite hard. Yeah, um, it's it's not set up or utilized correctly to be able to be like, hey, you know, <laughs> Splatoon can make these updates because it can't. You know, it's so well, it's so built off of the old system. So yeah, if if you want free Splatoon, um, go, go and turn <laughs> on your Wii U. The Wii U, ah, <laughs> uh, the Wii U. And you can go and get the. The Kraken. I'm, I'm glad at least my daughter's finding enjoyment in it after I finished with X. It's yeah, yeah, talk a bit about that. That's okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. uh, before we move on to the next subject, I guess I'll insert it in here. So, um, while we're uh, on the subject of the Wii U there, my daughter has found a bit of an interest in the Wii U. Because <laughs> she absolutely loves tablets, iPads, and that, watching YouTube and stuff on there. Yeah, you know, that's so. that's kids nowadays, unfortunately. They all find an interest in that type of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I always said that I was going to be the type of person to try and stop it and not... And I am. I'm regulating it. But I don't think there's a way you could ever stop them from doing it. It's just the way the world is going now. Mm. Um, tablets, phones, whatever, you know. Kids have got a hold of them no matter where you are. Um, so, while I'm regulating that or whatever, I have my desk set up in the kitchen because... Uh, big surprise, because I haven't really talked about it yet, but yeah. I'm having another child in February. Yeah. Uh, next year. Yay! A boy, so that's two children. No more. I'm good. <laughs> one girl, one boy. I'm fine with that. That's fine by me. Um, so, yes, I will be a father again in February. I had to move all my stuff out of my office so we could have the second room set up with the baby, which... Damn it. <laughs> well, at least, you'd have to, at least you, um, if you're cooking a pizza or something, you can... You can tell if it's cooked or not just from your desk. Because <laughs> it's literally in the kitchen. Well, not, it is. Yeah. Well, not quite literally in the kitchen. No, but in, in the dining section of the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> anybody that knows me knows that I have a PC set up and I like my setup and like I can't move that to the lounge room because the lounge room's always in use. Uh, I'll never get TV time. So, I have my two screens, my computer on a desk in the kitchen and I set up my consoles on the desk when I need to use them. So, I set up my Wii U to play X. Everybody knows that. Everyone. Everybody that, Everyone. Listen, fine, everybody that listens to the podcast knows that. I set up my uh, Wii U to play X. Uh, and the, now that I've finished X, and I intend on going back to it and doing all the little extra tidbits that I wanted to do, but it's down for now. I've finished the story. Chill out. Got other shit to play. Um, <laughs> my daughter has decided she loves my Amiibos, which she has for... About four months. Uh, she loves playing with the Amiibos. What's her favourite Amiibo? <sighs> Probably Yoshi. The Yarn Yoshi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it had yeah, to be. <laughs> of course. Um, uh, she she puts them... Every, she takes them and puts them everywhere. She puts them in her boots. She, <laughs> you know, she hides them in her bed. Sometimes she goes to sleep with a stack of Amiibo next to her. Oh, that's so cute. That's awesome. She, she loves Amiibo. Bring it to my place. <laughs> Say goodbye to your boxed ones. Yeah, just a shitload of a meme. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, and she discovered the Wii U because I was playing it, and then she didn't touch it. She was like, "Oh, it was daddy's 
daddy's game. Shiny, and like, yes, it's daddy's game. Shiny black iPad thing. <laughs> um, and then one day she's like, oh, daddy's not playing it anymore. So she's kind of just like, uh, okay, what does this button do on the console? She turned it on. She's like, oh, it turned the tablet on. Mm. And because she knows what a tablet is, she immediately played with it. She managed to navigate herself to uh, the freeware game that was sent out in an update, which was Amiibo Challenge. Yep. And she started playing Amiibo Challenge. I barely even touched that, to be honest. But It's kind of a cool free game. Oh, yeah. But, you, yeah but it requires Amiibo to fund it, you know, to do that sort of thing. It requires at least one Amiibo to play it, so... So it's at least $17. At least $17, yeah. yeah. Um, and she's flicking around on the menu. I'm like, I'm like, here, I'll show you how to do it. So I'll show you how to play it. And she loves it. She loves it. She, even if it's just watching it. Mm. Is, so, is, is this her first video game she's really like played and like enjoyed? <laughs> yeah. yeah she, she turns it on every day. She walks up to my desk, turns on my Wii U and goes to Amiibo Challenge. Yeah, that's awesome. She likes yeah. the Amiibo Challenge. I, I, I just let her play with it. That's yeah. fine. She doesn't know... She doesn't exactly understand the Amiibo compatibility stuff, but she, she understands, like, the the playing around with it. So, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and she's she's also... Uh, when she gets sick of playing Amiibo Challenge, she navigates herself to Netflix, which she already knows what that <laughs> is because of the tablet. And she watches Stranger Things. <laughs> and she watches Despicable Me on <laughs> on Netflix. She knows how to navigate that. Like she's real, she's real tech savvy for a three year old. She's like really. Does she write it in, or she just finds it? No, it's just on the front page at the moment because it's trending. Yeah. Okay. So she, so she just navigates her way down to it and puts that on, and then she moves the tablet around the house. But she's had to learn. You can't take it that far away from the Wii U. Does she? Like, does she know the Wii U's a? A thing, or is she just looking at the tablet and thinking it, it, it is just. No, she th- she knows it's a game. She no- does she know that's attached to the console though? Yep, she does. Okay, yeah, because she turns it on via the console. Okay, yep. she doesn't turn it on via the tablet. Okay, yep. She knows she knows it's daddy's game, but it it does things she likes too. It only works if dad's in the vicinity. <laughs> <laughs> well, she brought it into the room this morning. I woke up. I got her. Out, I opened her door for her because she sleeps in her own room or whatever in a single bed, um, and I opened the door. And then I just, I'm just like, I need to go back to bed for a second while my eyes readjust. So I went, laid down in bed for a second, and she come walking into the room uh, with the Wii U gamepad, yeah, and sat it next to me on my bedside table. And uh, she's like, "Oh, Daddy's game not working." I'm like, "You need to be closer to the Wii U, honey. You need to go back to, you need to go to where Daddy's computer is." And she's like, "Oh." So she picked it all up and took it back and then sat down and watched Despicable Me in the kitchen for five minutes while yeah. I got my eyesight back. Yeah. It is quite nice that... Um, like, it shows that Nintendo was kind of halfway onto something. Like, yeah. like they knew they knew tablets at the time were super popular and the second set, uh, screen experience was like pretty much the trend at the time. Yeah. But they just weren't quite there for hardcore gamers. But like for real little kids who are going from phones and tablets onto like gaming consoles, like she never looks at the PlayStation Four controller or the no. Switch Pro controller and says, "Sweet, I want to pick up that." No, she looks at this big shiny thing, which is like, "Ooh, that one." <laughs> it makes me wonder yeah. if maybe Nintendo were just a, like a generation bit too, bit too uh, quick, because mm. now that cats, now now cats, kids. Are getting <laughs> cats. Oh, I can't. I can't speak today. Um, now that kids are sort of getting their hands on tablets and stuff a lot more, it's just like 
in the perfect zone for that. Mm. It, yeah, like yeah, it's a bit too early, and I just feel I just feel like the execution. We don't have to go over this, but the execution of the Wii U was rubbish. It was rubbish, yes, yeah. but it was rubbish for adults. Yeah, you know, but but, but even then, just like the small things, like the different, like the charging port for the. Um, the gamepad is, yeah. is different to like other like the 3DS like it was the same shape but a bit bigger it's like why yeah like you didn't you could have tried to tie these things together like yeah. it, it just wasn't a, a console which was smartly thought out but I mean as if if it's proof of anything you know my daughter my daughter's playing it yeah <laughs> so it still holds up obviously to some degree right like um, she's only going on Amiibo Challenge and Netflix that's all she's going on to and like I obviously don't let her <laughs> Amiibo Challenge and Netflix that's all you need dude <laughs> why do you, why do we even talk about any other games? I know we're a Nintendo podcast. We're not talking about Amiibo Challenge every day, right? But like, it's just a case of like, she she gets on and plays it a little bit. She doesn't actually like overdo it or anything like that. And she knows when I say that's enough, she stops playing with it. That's enough Amiibo Challenge. No more Amiibo Challenge. No more Netflix. <laughs> but um, you know she loves it and uh, she's really invested this this is pretty much her first video game console which is really strange actually for something that we uh, have so many problems with she finds enjoyment in and that's nuts but the only reason that's the case is because I haven't plonked a switch in front of her yet because I don't want to yeah no <laughs> she will run away with that console she runs away with yeah, everything else so I guess you can keep at least one thing to yourself exactly especially when it's you know not cheap. <laughs> when, well, when she understands Mario Kart and stuff more, like that'd be easy. And when Pokemon comes out, that's going to be the killer. Yeah, definitely. Like doing the co-op when she can play as a second player and she can just like flick her wrist and select attacks and exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know that'd be that'd be the thing that introduces her to that sort of thing. And I think that's the only reason that I'm like really excited about Let's Go. Like, I'm excited for Let's Go as a fan of Pokemon, but it's not the Pokemon game I'm after. Mm, so, yeah. it's more of like, I'm excited for Let's Go as a father. Yeah, share, share the Pokemon experience with your daughter. It's the first experience of a, po- of, well, vi- of a Pokemon well, game. Well, video games in general, really. Yeah. Like, at, at her age, yeah. Yeah. You know, she can throw a Pokeball. That's not hard. Mm. She just pick up the thing and then I just go, do this. And then she can do that, and yeah. then it does the thing. That's why it's really special. And like, she likes Pokemon, so that's fine. That works out for me. Yeah, because she, oh, who's her favorite Pokemon? It was the um, it was what, the, <laughs> it was a Zygarde cell. Zygarde cell. Yeah, she loves it. Squishy, squishy, squishy from the anime. She absolutely loves squishy. Yeah, like the, with, with that co-op two-player thing, and let's go. I feel like us two playing it together, we were like, this, this is a bit lame. You know, we're just like flicking our wrists, just no, slicking attacks. Like, yeah, we got a combo. Good on us. Yeah. <laughs> playing it with my daughter would be, yeah. Yeah, be magical. Like, I'm, so, I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to. Oh, she loves Pokemon, and I want to teach her that Pokemon, Pokemon is also a game thing, not just a cartoon. And hmm. I'm sure she'd love it. Yeah. She lo- she loves she loves the idea of video games in general. She's very intrigued, but she doesn't understand quite yet. Hmm. And I have a feeling that that's going to be the game that makes her go, oh, yeah. Pokemon's such a special franchise. It's just so positive and yeah, yeah, wonderful. exactly. Yeah, and anybody of any age can enjoy Pokemon to a degree. So. Unless you're 80. <laughs> Unless you're 80. Say that, say that to the old man on the bike in Japan that has like 16 <laughs> phones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember that? He has 16, <laughs> six, go, yeah. 16 smart devices sitting on the handlebars of his uh That is expensive. Bike. Expensive, but he loves Pokemon Go. So I guess that's fine. Like, is he is he locked into the same account or is he just all different accounts? What's the point of doing them all at once? 
No, it's definitely different accounts. It was, yeah. yeah. I guess he just likes Pokemon Go. <laughs> to play that many at time. Yeah, why not? He might, he might be an account seller. You don't know. That's a good idea. He wants to sell accounts drive, riding around all day just chucking Pokeballs. I guess you can either dr- uh, ride around on your bike, really max out Pokemon Go accounts, sell them, or you can go around collecting cans and bottles. Yeah, what's more fun? You know, Do both at the same time. You can get a hundred odd bucks for a Pokemon Go account, you know. So possible possible that's what he's doing but either way he likes playing Pokemon Go so that's fine I don't I don't get why people <laughs> buy accounts like whatever game it is it's kind of like just play the game I'll, I will I will be devil's advocate and I'll say that if you quit a game and then for whatever reason you lose your account you don't want to start from scratch no but it's just kind of weird having someone else's account someone's put hours into yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know it's 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 questionable like I'm not I'm not 100% a hundred percent against account buying for something casual as hell. Like, what are you? What are you really going to benefit out of something like Pokemon Go? Like, oh no, I took over a gym with my overpowered Pokemon, which is going to get oh. taken over by the two two kids and Team Valor. <laughs> anyway, you know it's it's not it's the, not competitively the gym at the it. primary school, which I'm visiting every day. <laughs> no, there is. There's a there's a gym. I know. There's I a know. gym in our town. I know. At a primary school, it's like at the at the Catholic expensive school, no less. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's um, you know, buying an account for something like that's not a big deal. Absolutely, 100 percent against buying uh, competitive accounts like League of Legends, Splatoon. If you want to be closer to home. Stuff like that. I'm 100% against that. Maybe, maybe like buying a buying a Pokemon Go account. You know, if you don't want to, because the early levels of Pokemon Go are bloody boring. Yeah, I guess you could just you buy an account with all the Pokemon maxed out level. You like go me. <laughs> you know, I'm number one. If people want to do that, that's that's fine. But it's it's when it gets into the competitive scene where it gets a little bit sketchy. Yeah, you know. Um, MMOs have faced that problem for years where people have sort of been with like the justification of like, oh, I can buy level boosts, for example, that would like max out your character's level or something. But, you know, in the end, as long as it's not harming competitive play, especially nowadays, nowadays is a big deal. If it's not harming competitive play, then people are just going to do it. So it's whatever. Mm. But as soon as you, as soon as you do it with competitive play, that's where it gets sketchy for me. Mm. That I hate. I hate the idea of playing with somebody that's in in cardboard seven, uh, playing in diamond matches and ruining it for all those people that worked hard for that. Yeah, you know. So, Bryce, are you in the mood for some fan art discussion? Yes. 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 Uh, so, big uh, <laughs> Twitter <laughs> Twitter trend on uh, late last week. Um, I didn't check it out until it was like real real big. Um, well, do you want to condense history of it? Go for it. Okay, so I've been there since the start. <laughs> of course you fucking have. <laughs> well, I'm an internet fiend, and you know that. Yeah, I know that. I'm, I'm up to date with all my bloody memes, mate. You're, just, right? you're just a moth, fiend. Moth and lamp, am I right? Moth and lamp. <laughs> That's great. What the yeah. hell? <laughs> what the fuck? What about loops, brother? May I have some loops, brother? Oh, I haven't seen that one. Nah. It's a really fat cat that's like looking up at a bowl of Fruit Loops. He's like, "May I have some Loops, brother?" I've seen the Bongo Cat. Bongo Cat's great. That's great. Yeah. Have you seen the one that's Bongo Cat mixed with Loops Cat, where he's like <laughs> <laughs> mixed with the car meme? 
where he's oh. like Bongo Cat like taps on the roof of a car it's like this car could fit so many loops and then the fat loops cat comes in, he's like did you say loops brother may I have some loops brother oh it's just memeception I, I saw I saw it's the memes um, mate that's how they are I, I saw that the um the car salesman of the moth and he's like <laughs> <laughs> taps the car turns the light on he's <laughs> <laughs> like oh no but it, it, it spawned from a, uh, a, a comic strip. Yeah, that's right. It was posted on Twitter. It was an idea from a fan in Japan who was like, what if we put the Super Crown, which is a new power-up that powers up Toadette to turn him into Peachette, turn her into Peachette. I, I just want to put a pause on that for a sec. Mm-hmm. When that first got announced in the direct, I, I just thought initially... That's kind of weird. <laughs> like Mario is not necessarily a grounded series by any stretch of the imagination, but actually having a power up that just like transforms him into another like Toad into Peach, completely different character. I'm like, that's a bit weird. Why don't you just put Peach in the game and say choose Peach if you want to, you know, have an easier or gameplay Rose, or Rosalina even or something like that. They did Rosalina in New Super Mario World. So before before you get the I mean, cra- yeah, before you get the crown, you just three D world. You're just useless. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, any anyway, continue on. Sorry. Anyway, continue on. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's spawned from a artist in Japan who made a comic, and they depicted the Mario Odyssey ending. If you know what that is, then hip hip hooray. <laughs> you you know you know what happens. You know what happens, and uh, it results in Bowser and Mario being like, screw that. Here's the princess crown. And so Bowser puts it on. And then it shows them in Mario Tennis Aces <laughs> walking along, being interactive with each other. And Peach is like, what the fuck? Yeah, because Bowser turns into Peach, but with horns. And, and a tail and spikes and collar and bracelets and all that stuff. Just delicious. So this <laughs> this this went like wildfire because the idea of a the idea of like a sundere peach is like a big deal to them apparently because peach is obviously uh elegant and you know oh mario and all that i baked the cake come and eat it i baked the uh, i baked the cake come and eat it you baked the cat i baked the cake uh, <laughs> uh but the idea of a sundere peach i guess is appealing and it takes inspiration the, the the initial design sort of takes a little bit of inspiration from an anime if you know it uh miss kobayashi's dragon maid no good anime uh it's a fun light-hearted little time but that's where the idea of the big tail comes in and all that stuff and the horns and all that you know it's it's been done uh the design is very very similar to miss kobayashi's dragon maid the main dragon in that was Waifu'd to all hell by weebs of many nations. Um, <laughs> weebs of many nations. Weebs of many nations. But it's a good show. Um, anyway. Uh, and this set, this one comic sent the internet into an uproar. And they're like, shit. Not only do we have to put that crown on Bowser, we have to put that crown on everything. <laughs> so Bowser became the initial startup the first two days. It was just Bowser fan art like crazy. And some of it was nuts good. It was really, really good. Please, please phrase that better. Nuts good. <laughs> because that can be taken... Fine, it was really good. No, that can be taken in different contexts. Well, it's probably it... going to take a different context than this anyway. It was really good. <laughs> okay? When you, when you bring in anatomy into... <laughs> into I, was, I, was, I was talking about peanuts, not nuts. Okay? All right? You know? 
Damn. I like saute sauce, so that's all right. Yeah, well, I'm, you're going to wake up with a burn ring in the morning, apparently. <laughs> so, my sauteed chicken was really hot, all right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the first two days were filled with just... If you went on the hashtag, hashtag on Twitter, it was just a bunch of artists putting their own spins on it. And some of it was really good. A lot of it was Rule 34, which, if you know what Rule 34 is... Oh, dear. <sighs> oh, dear. Um, so... This garnered a lot of attention uh, from people who just wanted to make innocent art and who wanted to make very not-safe-for-work art. Mm. Uh, some people wanted to draw comics and some of them were wholesome, some of them were... Not. Not. Yep. Um, I haven't seen any... I, to be honest, I haven't seen any not-wholesome ones. Yeah. I haven't... Because I haven't looked. I don't, I don't have I haven't any... looked very far. <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, when something like that pops up, you get... I, I get curious because it's internet culture and I'm deep in it. Yeah, you're real deep in that internet culture. I'm real deep in that internet you're really, culture. You're really deep in that Bowsette buddy hashtag. Please, that's now you're going too far. Sounds like you're the one who went too far, to be honest. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, so that blew up for two days. Following that two days, people were like, wait, we could put this crown on anything. Anything. So they started doing other Mario enemies like Boo and Bullet Bill, and Petey Piranha, and anything like that. Petey Piranha. Yeah, that'd be... Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. I really want to see that one. I really want to see that Petey Piranha. Yeah, Petey Piranha. <laughs> Pe- Any- what is it? P-Tet? I guess. P-Tet. P-Tet. Jesus. So, that inspired even more, and... The art for them was great as well. There was a really wholesome Booette comic, which was like, I just, it was like Boo. It's just like, I just wanted to, I'm I'm a Boo and I've been dead for ages and I can't remember what skin feels like, but maybe if I get this crown. Wow. And then then he puts the crown on, he's just like, I'm beautiful (laughs) or whatever. But it's like made in this context of like, this Boo's been dead for a really long time and can't remember what it feels like to be in a physical body. And it's like really wholesome, and you just like, oh, good on oh. Boo, good on him. I'm like, oh, I'm like that's kind of touching, but with the, everything that's gone on with this whole situation, is he still shy? Does he? Uh... Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it just it just makes you go like, oh god, like that's a really wholesome comic, and that's really sweet. But with everything else that's gone on with the situation, have they burst out of the Mario series yet? Have they gone to anything else? Put sort of. There was actually a really intriguing comic where it was a. Uh, uh, a blooper putting on a crown and turning into pearl. All right. Well. Yeah, you didn't think of that one, did you? No. No, that's interesting, isn't it? Um. So yeah, that blew up, and now it's just gone on for you know days, whatever. More not safe for work artists come out. More more decent workers come out. There are people already making animations, whether they be safe for work or not safe for work, shall I say? Um. And. Uh, eventually Nintendo responded. So, this was about seven days into the craze. Uh, they said, we acknowledge it, but have no comment at this time. Yeah, and that's what they literally said. Uh, <laughs> regarding the regarding the pictures and all that stuff. Now, there's a reason for that, and that's because 70 to 80% of it, depending on where you look, is very not safe for work and depicts 
uh, characters from the series in a very... It's not how they want the IP displayed. Very risque <laughs> way. But, yeah. um, you know, whether they're... I, they can't do much about it, and I think they're very much aware of that. But um, the, fi- the, the finale of this story, which has sort of just come out over the last day, is really interesting. This is... This is by no by no means the end of the meme. The meme is still going strong, but the saga has come to an end. Recently, there was an art of the Super Mario Odyssey uh, art of Super Mario Odyssey book that went out in Japan. Yeah, official. Yeah, and this is official. Um, in it depicts a comic of what could have happened in the final part of the storyline, and that was Bowser throwing his own version of Cappy onto Peach and then taking over Peach's body. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. Making <laughs> making what was basically the first prototype of Bowsette. And this art was drawn ages ago now. So this was already sort of in their books. They already thought this up. They already considered this as an option to happen in the game. Mm. Because like at the end of Mario Odyssey, you take over Bowser. Yeah. And if Bowser has the equivalent, obviously Bowser can do the same to Peach. Peach can throw her tiara onto Bowser. So and do all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's you know they they had a design and you can you can find it on the internet. I tweeted it out at at IV Revan if you want to see it. Um, they they had actually considered this as an option. This was a thing in their books. Obviously, the design is not the same and it's quite different. But they had actually considered it before, and that's why the saga sort of comes to a full circle because somebody had thought up this. They thought, oh, look, I'm being clever, but. Not really. Nintendo had already thought about it considering consider putting it in Mario Odyssey. I think the idea of Bowser actually taking over Peach's actual body as well is a lot worse. You can come up with a lot worse things. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rather yeah. than just being like, hey, I look like Peach now, but you'll be lucky my horns and the tail still. But like, just from a design perspective, like, uh, it'd be much like what happened with... Uh, Spoilers if you haven't played Twilight Princess, but what happened with Phantom Ganon mm. in Twilight Princess? Yeah. Where uh, Ganondorf uh, takes over Zelda's body. Yeah, and makes him to puppet Zelda. Makes a puppet Zelda. Mm. Um, Which is awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. damn cool. It was a cool idea. And it'd be a similar sort of situation to that. You can't drive to hurt Peach because you're still going to hurt Peach if you do that. And it was the same in... It was the same in... Um, uh, Twilight Princess, obviously, you couldn't do anything but use the power of light <laughs> to expel Ganon from her body. Otherwise, you'd be hurting you Zelda. Play, you played tennis with her. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the power of light. You know? Yeah. No, it's Wii Sports tennis, but it's <laughs> Zelda boss battle. Shooting her with an arrow is not going to do anything beneficial because you're going to kill Zelda. Mm. Right? So, it was the same sort of situation when the... And she dodges it. My my <laughs> guess is that like this was the original story they were going to go with, but then they were like... Well, what are we going to do? Mario can't hurt her. Mm. And they couldn't find a solution. So they're just like, maybe we shouldn't do this. Yeah. It'd be interesting if that was a part of the actual the game to start off with. and they, mm. Or it's just something they come up with well, that afterwards. Was, or... That was one of their original storyboards. So it was a thing that was going to happen. Mm. Mind you. At least considered, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mind you, bes- despite all that's happened, and like, because obviously I don't want to talk about this too much more. Um, I think it's pretty obvious if you scroll the internet you'll find anything Bowser happening at the moment she's like Nintendo's trending icon right now she he he she whatever technically a he 
It's technically he. Yeah, because it's just Bowser. Yeah. It's just people porn phone Bowser. Um, well, that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, to wrap it up, though, uh, you know what? I wish it. I wish that. Uh, I wish that Nintendo have had this. Well, I hope rather. I guess would be the better word that Nintendo won't. 100% ignore it because I think it has potential of course yeah, we had this discussion we had this yeah. discussion so um, they obviously thought about it before they considered it as an idea I think it'd be really great if they um, implemented something like this into a Mario RPG where it requires a wacky story to you know sustain itself yeah if you've ever played a Mario RPG past uh, Legend of the Seven Stars like Superstar Saga Bowser's Inside Story uh, partners in time, you know, yeah, all that nice stuff. Dream Team, they all they all have some sort of wacky, wacky convergence that brings that story together. I think it'd be a really cool idea if the Super Crown was a thing. You put it on, you put it on Bowser. Bowser usurps the Mushroom Kingdom, locks Peach up somewhere, and then sends Mario out on all these shady demands. And you know, it makes a story of like, why is Bowser? They they like make a joke out of it. it's like. Peach is being Princess Peach is being really weird lately, but they make uh, they just like make all these comments. They're just like, "Why is she so strange?" But they never mention like mm. the horns of the tail going on or anything like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, like um, what I said to you when we were talking about this over group or over our chat. Yeah, um, I always wanted a, <laughs> a Wario and Waluigi RPG, similar to how the Mario and Luigi RPG. Uh, RPGs play. It'll be really interesting if you played as those two and the game starts off, you're basically just, you know, you're just doing stupid things. You, you know, you're looking for treasure. You're doing things they do. But in, in the background at the Mushroom Kingdom, these things happen where Bowser gets the uh, the crown power up. I forgot what it's already called already. Super crown. The super crown becomes Peach does, and sends Mario out and you're sort of like versing Mario as you're going through the level. Like you have... You know, a boss battle might even be against Mario who thinks yeah. he's doing the right thing and yeah but like, he's not really doing the right thing it could be a super wacky and interesting idea it could be like you're putting putting light on characters who don't usually get it mm-hmm. and yeah like, it would be cool it's a, it's an yeah. interesting idea and like I hope that and it, it's kind of it's kind of a case of like I hope that all this stuff that it's looking bad negative in Nintendo's eyes doesn't make this an unplausible thing mm. because I think it'd make for a really good wacky RPG story. I think it's like the perfect idea for it because <laughs> those those RPGs are getting a little stale for me. There's not a lot of spice yeah, to same. them anymore. It, it'll, you know what would be perfect? It'll be perfect for a visual novel. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, no idea. I just, I just think just it's... a monster girl. Well, <laughs> I just I just think there's some cool ideas that you could have, uh, cool ideas that could be implemented in in terms of like whether you're playing a video game or whatever um, with that character, and um, I just I don't know it's it's almost wasted potential if you don't do anything about it. But at the same time, I know why they're not doing anything about it or saying anything about it because people are immediately jumping to. Damn, <laughs> it'll be difficult because if they say, "Okay, we'll we'll take this by the horns and we'll implement the character," um, and it, it, if they do use like Peach, like uh, Bowsette, and you Google that, 
You were complaining about me saying nut earlier, but I think you've had two very much worse ways to go about this. You grab, you know, grab the bull by the horns. It's not, a, it's not, a, it's not a gross saying, bro. Yeah, except this time you're grabbing a female by the horns, and then that, <laughs> that's where it gets awkward. All right. Okay. I never said anything about grabbing Peachette or Bowsette by the horns. <laughs> You don't touch your horns, Bryce. They're very sensitive. <laughs> oh, <laughs> stop. This is supposed to be G-rated. G-rated. PG-rated. <laughs> PG, you got to have your parents. <laughs> parents sitting here listening to the House of Mario as well. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, if you try and get this podcast at EB Games, they'll ask you for your ID. Um, <laughs> purchase the House of Mario now for $110 AU. So, but it's free on iTunes. We don't care. We're on, <laughs> <laughs> we're EB Games. We ju- we just jack it up, man. Dear Lord. Uh, we got anything else to say on that topic before we wrap up? No. Uh, look, obviously, look at your own risk and do whatever. There's some really amazing fan art out there if you're just looking for very basic fan art. And I think, <laughs> yeah, like the character's got a lot of potential. Um, and I hope it doesn't get thrown away just because there's a lot of people on the internet that are just like, I want to do that! Essentially. Oh, you do that, gotcha. I want to do that! Not yeah. want to draw that, you want to do it. Well, that's that's what half... 70% of the internet is in the moment. I want to do... Like, there's <laughs> so many jokes about it, and I'm just like, you know what, I just think it's an interesting idea, and I think it could be implemented into a game, but because people are pornificating it, it's it's not going to go anywhere. Mm. And that sucks because it almost it almost was a thing in Mario Odyssey. I have a feeling that if they actually this would be the last thing. I have a feeling if they put that out in Mario Odyssey in its original design and did its own thing, I think it probably would have went off way less worse than it would have been if it was just a fan creation because it would have already had a solidified identity. Yeah. And it would have the design would have been completely different and not sexualized. Yeah, now sort of the when you think of Bowser, you think of like you know, big boobs and yeah, yeah. But on on the Nintendo design that was featured in the Super Mario Odyssey book, it was very much tame in comparison. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> and like it still had features of Bowser, and like it wasn't wasn't made to be like this is a hotter version of Peach. It was made Just- to be this is Bowser doing his thing. Yeah. And being evil. Doing a thing. Doing a thing. And being evil. So, um... He's a menace at Bowser. You can't <laughs> trust him. It's it's It'd be very interesting to see if, like, we could go back in time and just be like, hey, what if Nintendo actually put this original concept in the thing and that's, that's how it did it? Because it would have opened the door to, like, you know, just using that character in a Nintendo property in general and not completely throwing it away, which is what's probably going to happen at this point. Um, yeah. I like the idea of the Super Crown being like an artifact of some kind in an RPG and Bowser's like, ha ha, can usurp the Mushroom Kingdom through up the ranks? Because obviously brute force isn't working, taking away the princess all the time isn't working, so what if I usurp the Mushroom Kingdom? Then I can attack it from the inside, not the outside. It makes makes a whole lot of sense, but because of the way the internet's gone about it, I'm afraid that it's probably not going to come to anything. Oh well. For now, it's Nintendo's meme icon of the year. Um, sorry, Luigi, you've completely been forgotten about <laughs> ever since you had the year of Luigi back in 2015. Luigi Death Stare will always live on. That was a great meme. Luigi Death Stare, well, with the year of Luigi, that was what, 2015? Yeah, or 14. I can't remember. It's which one of them. Yeah. 
Might have even been 13. Year of Luigi is completely oh, forgotten now. It's all about the year of Bowsette. Year of Bowsette. <laughs> well, that's what this year's turned into. <laughs> all it took was uh, them introducing the Super Crown into a game and now they're regretting it. <laughs> oh dear, what have we done? <laughs> uh, uh, poor Nintendo. <laughs> oh well. Uh, guys, thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario, episode 65. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and you can find me at Twitter, at iDruby. Where can I find you, Bryce? At Revan. All right. And you can find the show at The House of Mario. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all podcast services. If you enjoyed the show, why not leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and give us some... And give us a follow on SoundCloud. It really helps out the show. We're quite a small podcast, so any help or feedback helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Bryce, we are a part of the 8 Collective. 10 podcasts, 22 podcasts is coming together to put some cool tunes in your ears. Uh, John O'Peck, who you heard earlier on the podcast, um, you can find him in his podcast at Putting In Work. It's a great podcast. He had um, Scott Lowe from Naughty Dog on yes, last week. Yes, he did. Yes, which, he did. Which was... Absolutely fantastic listen if you're into Naughty Dog games or just behind the scenes in gaming uh, development in general. It's a great listen. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And last week I was on It Is What It Is, Jack Cruz's uh, News and Current Affairs podcast. It is what it is. 8bit.net's News and Current Affairs podcast. Hey. hey. And uh, we, did we mention this last week? But we we're on Dash Culture last week as well. I mentioned it, yeah. You did, yeah. Yep. Because we recorded this before. We recorded the last episode before we're on that, so we forgot mm-hmm. to mention it. Yes, that's right. But I've recently made a uh, a playlist on SoundCloud, which um, if we guest on any episodes of other podcasts, mm-hmm. but uh, also available on SoundCloud, they'll be in that playlist for you to listen to. Yep, absolutely. I think that's a I think that's a stellar idea, my friend. I think you did the right thing. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, this week's Nintendo jukebox is by Lame Genie. It is a Mega Man Three melody. Lame Genie. Uh, he's not that lame. He makes some pretty good music, so I don't know why he's been so hard on himself. Mm, poor fella. Yeah, I don't know. Makes some... Maybe he's a pet. Don't know. Lame yeah. genie, if uh, if you're out there, mate. Well, I know you're out there, but if you're listening to this, <laughs> uh, why are you so hard on yourself? There. Why do you think you're lame? Um, we'll have a chat about it. Why aren't you called cool genie? Cool genie. I Just think you're a pretty cool genie. Fully sick genie. I don't know. Top, top bloke genie. Yeah, well. Anyway, guys, enjoy the song. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Whenever that is. Boy.